All right, and I am live. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Rebel with a Cause podcast. And uh, tonight I'm just going to go roast the news. Uh, looks like uh, fact check this Justin Campbell is down here in the comments, so that'll be kind of fun. But uh, starting off, we've got a lot of crazy stories going on and uh, a few little historical points to hit. But uh, let's go ahead and get right into it. So uh, first up, we have... Uh, Antiwar.com. U.S. details its largest ever weapons package for Ukraine. The $3 billion package includes surface-to-air missiles, counter-artillery radars, surveillance drones. This is by Dave DeCamp over there at Antiwar.com, which you should be reading every single day of your life. President Biden on Wednesday announced new military aid for Ukraine worth nearly $3 billion, marking the single largest weapons package for Kiev since Russia launched its invasion on February 24th, the Pentagon detailed the contents of the $2.98 billion package and said it demonstrates the U.S. commitment to supporting Ukraine over the long term. The Pentagon said the new aid represents multi-year investments to building the enduring strength of Ukraine's armed forces. And uh, Dave uh, went and actually uh, highlighted everything that was in the uh, the package, and we got six additional National Advanced Surface-to-Air Missile Systems. With additional music—that's a word that you can't say uh, sober—munitions uh, for NASAMs, uh, up to 245,000 rounds of 155 millim- millimeter artillery ammunition, up to 65,000 rounds of 120 millimeter mortar ammunition, up to 24 counter artillery radars, Puma unmanned aerial systems, and support equipment of Scan Eagle UAS systems. Vampire counter unmanned aerial systems, laser guided rocket systems, funding for training and maintenance and sustainment. Uh, the funds are being pulled from the $40 billion Ukraine aid bill President Biden signed in May. The weapons will be sent to the Ukraine through the program known as the Ukraine Security Assistance Initiative, which allows the U.S. government to purchase equipment for Kiev from the arms industry. So... There you go. Making the military-industrial complex that much richer. Uh, The Pentagon said that the announcement marks the beginning of the contract process to purchase the weapons for Ukraine. Most weapons the U.S. has sent over to Ukraine were done under the Presidential Drawdown Authority, which allows President Biden to send arms directly from U.S. military stockpiles. The new new package brings the total of direct military aid for Kiev since the war started to about $13.6 billion. So I, I can't believe that this is actually going on still. We are delaying the inevitable. Russia will win this. And uh, the only thing that we are doing is uh, just making sure that the, we're going to fight this war down to the last Ukrainian life. You know, because to Biden, this is nothing. We got we to cover, cover our ass for all the shit that uh, Hunter Biden did. Uh, yeah, so, uh, Justin brings up a good point. Wonder how much of that will end up in Libyan black markets. What? It's actually going to be Eastern European black markets. Cause that's where most of it's going right now. So yeah, this is, uh, yeah. Uh, another good point from Justin here, $13.6 billion that they're actually telling us about. Yeah. So who knows how much the, uh, the actual budget of this is and how much it's actually going for, who knows, but it's, uh, should be, uh, the worst thing going on still it's it's just always terrible it's always terrible and uh 
Zelensky is saying that he's going to take back Crimea and everything. And you're just going to wonder, it's like, what is this guy actually thinking? You know, Russia is coming to the aid of two parts of the former Ukraine that has basically decided, Hey, we're all Russians here. We're just going to be Russian. And, uh, th that has been going on since, you know, 2014 and a little bit earlier than that. But I, I think at this point, we're just, you know, this is a money laundering scheme, the likes of which that uh, most people don't even understand or even know about. And it's just, it's just God awful. Uh, the government is going to, to, uh, continue just funding this <laughs> complete shit show from top to bottom. It, it's just not going to happen. I, I don't know why Zelensky keeps saying, Oh, you know, uh, Oh, <laughs> we got to keep uh, supporting the Ukraine. No, no matter what, no matter what, but you just can't get people, get people to understand the, the fact that, uh, you know, that this is not going to end the way that they think it's going to end where, you know, Russia just kind of gives up and, uh, and that's it. So, uh, here's another one from uh, Yahoo news, six months of war in Ukraine, and it's only growing more dangerous. Uh, so far from bogging down in a stalemate, the Russian invasion of Ukraine has evolved into an increasingly dangerous conflict as it passes the six month mark with fighting around Europe's largest nuclear plant, a high profile assassination in Moscow, escalating threats and daring Ukrainian attacks in Russian held territory. The dynamic of the battlefield is shifting, said retired Lieutenant General Mark Hurtling, uh, former commander of the U.S. Army Europe, armed with increasingly lethal weapons from the U.S. and other allies. Ukraine has been able to occasionally seize the initiative and surprise Russian forces occasionally, but there is a little thing that's going to happen here in a few months and it's called winter. And guess what happens to the ground out there in the Ukraine when it's winter time, it freezes right up and guess what tanks can roll over instead of having to stay on the road. That's right. So it's not clear, however, how long that can last or whether Ukraine can build on those small victories enough to dictate to the course of the war, which they can't. Spoiler alert. Uh, the war is far from over, said Daniel Serwer. That's a last name. Uh, senior fellow at the Washington-based Foreign Policy Institute who specializes in the study of war. The Ukrainians back the manpower to conduct a conventional offense, but are using supplies NATO of NATO origin artillery, drones, anti-tank missiles, and other weapons to batter the Russians and their supply lines. So this is not going to end well. And I think people need to start getting that fact that uh, the Ukraine is going to lose this. They're going to lose a little bit more territory than they previously thought. And I, I think people need to take a sober look at the, uh, the situation that's going on over there and just kind of realize that the U.S. Uh, being involved, sending them all of this money and guns uh, is only just making, making the problem worse. Uh, had the U.S. stayed out of it, Russia probably would have taken those territories. Uh, Zelensky would have raised the white flag and there would have been no more fighting. At least not in the pitched battles that we've been seeing. So, But speaking of uh, bad things that the government does, um, I found this one over on Mises and I thought this was just kind of, uh, kind of great. So we're just going to switch gears here, get off of the... Uh, Get off of the terrible Ukraine news. Uh, found this one over on Mises.org. Public goods, streetlights, and paying pretty girls to walk down the street. That's right. Uh, it's from yesterday, Charles Amos. 
Uh, according to many economists, the state is warranting warranted in taxing individuals to provide public goods because a free market in these services, you know, an example, streetlights, would produce a suboptimal supply. The public goods argument is fatally flawed for it proves far too much, such as the government should pay pretty girls to go out onto the street for they too are public goods. Such a policy is totally unacceptable. A liberal society must therefore reject the public goods argument and whether the primary grounds for support for the state provision of streetlights. Um, hold on just a minute. I maybe could get behind the pretty girls walking down the street argument. I might be, I might be able to get behind that. Because, you know, when I walk around the streets of Baton Rouge, uh, pretty girls, there's maybe one out of 100. You know, but the uh, the place to go see all of the pretty girls in your area is at your local Target. I'm just going to say that is Wine Mom Central. So just a tip for you guys out there. <laughs> but yeah, this is uh, this is just one of those things that the government claims to be everything to everyone. So they have to have this. It's like, oh, well, without this, you wouldn't have streetlights. You wouldn't have paved roads. You wouldn't have, you know, cops to, to enforce the rules. Right. And we see this actually kind of t tying back into the Ukraine. Well, the Ukraine can't defend itself. We have to send them all sorts of manner of guns and money, you know, because to, to help them, you know. So this is the public goods argument is, as they say, fatally flawed and it needs to it needs to go away. But after all of that, it's um, it's pretty telling uh, going forward that, uh, yeah, it, we're past the persuasion. You know, I'm not going to go up to somebody, give them a, a, a sound economic argument or a sound political argument and win them over to my side. That's just that's out of the cards. That's not going to happen anymore. Uh, I have talked to several like normies out there. Um, when you talk to a Republican or you talk to a Democrat, they are so set in their ways that they can't see anywhere else to go to them. Yeah, the voting is the only thing that matters to them. I was like, oh, you know, we got to vote in better people. We got to vote in better people. I was like, oh, we got to vote the bastards out, right? This is what I hear from the Republicans all, this, all the time. Well, we got to vote the bastards out. I was like, okay, well, you're just going to replace them with different bastards. I, you know, you can't continue to show them. It's like, okay, you like Donald Trump, right? And they're like, yeah, 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 he was great. MAGA, 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 MAGA. You know, he, uh, he dunked on the news all the time. Okay, fantastic. What did he actually do? well, you know, he did this and, and it was like, yeah, but what did he actually accomplish? You know, it's nothing. He rearranged the alligators in the swamp. He took one alligator from one part of the swamp and put it back into the swamp in another area. I.e. John Bolton. You know, you can't, you can't get, get, into the skull of these of these people to get them to understand yeah these economic arguments you know for austrian economists uh even chicago school economists uh the utilitarian arguments and everything they're just they're not landing the mark anymore nobody knows nobody cares they don't even look up stuff can't even be bothered to take a minute to even do a google search it's like bare minimum research can start with a Google search or, you know, whatever search engine of your choice, right? I can't even get people to even read like basic stuff. You know, I have like a little paragraph that gives like links and, you know, but I was like, well, that's economy stuff. Now I got told that one time. Oh, that's economy stuff. That's boring. 
It was like, yeah, but it's, it's everything. Everything goes back to it, you know, and, and of all of the horrible shit that's going on in the world, you would think you would just like take a moment just to kind of step back and, and wonder, oh, you know, why are things so bad? Does it have anything to do with the money? You know, it's, you don't even think about it. It's like, oh, you know, I, I keep getting taxed, but like the roads out in front of my house are just terrible. You know, this is just, this is just, uh, you know, this is just egregious. It's like the politicians aren't even listening to me. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Uh, go to your local area, like the extreme local area. I'm talking like your city council. You may have a little bit of sway for a city councilman. You know, maybe a little bit for, you know, your county council or, or whatever. Uh, but as far as like getting things done at the state level, not likely. Forget federal level. That's that ship has sailed. You missed the boat on that one. You're not getting you're not getting any kind of things done at the federal level. It's just not going to happen. State level, there might be a chance. Slim, slim chance there might be something done. Uh, but the very local level, we're talking your town, your city. You have a much better chance of actually getting things accomplished there. But um, I I can't believe that uh, after a couple of years of seeing just how bad government can be in our lifetimes. You know, every time that you open up the history book, it's like one terrible event that government did after another, right? You know, we, we look at like Khmer Rouge. We, they murdered people who wore glasses because we have to, to lower the intelligence to the, to the average mean, right? You know, uh, Chairman Mao's Great Leap Forward killed tens of millions of people. Uh, the Soviet Union, you know, killed almost 100 million people. And that's always a fun one to bring up to, uh, to commies. It was like, it wasn't 100 million, it was 90 million. <laughs> and besides, they were traitors to the re revolution. It's like, oh, okay. We're, we're quibbling over 10 million people? <laughs> sure. You know, Germany in the 1940s did a lot of awful shit all under government direction which was legal because the government was doing it right and after two years of going through similar not exactly the same similar you know history doesn't repeat it rhymes a lot type of thing we went through just basically terrible shit you know, the government came out and said, oh, we've got this uh, upper respiratory virus. We're going to need to lock people into their homes for 15 days to slow the spread. Right. And then 15 days turned into a year and three quarters before some of the states decided, oh, we're kind of done with this. So here we are at the turn. And um, I couldn't believe this tweet earlier today i had saw it uh, it was like i had to read it a couple times just for it to sink in and i couldn't exactly get a hold of it but 
Politico. <laughs> Politico has come out with this story, and I'm going to share it because this is just fantastic, giving everything that we've gone through in the last couple of years, and now the word is out. The experimental gene therapies that were being marketed as vaccines didn't fucking work. Their Paxlovid that they're trying to push right now is giving people rebound cases of uh, COVID, which we're now seeing with the uh, the first lady of the White House, right? It's Dr. Jill. She's a doctor. Uh, so here we are, Politico, and I saw this tweet earlier. I had to read it like three or four times. I was like, I couldn't believe I'm, I'm seeing this. Trump White House exerted pressure on FDA for COVID-19 emergency youth authorizations. House report finds. They're not working. Blame Trump. Orange man bad. And in this case, yes. Yes, he was. Right? So Democrats out there who insisted that everyone lose their jobs and not be able to travel for not in taking in an experimental gene therapy into their arms. Who called us science deniers and anti-vaxxers. Right? And here, here we are. Oh, it's, it, well, these aren't working. Well, it's Trump's fault. Obviously. Uh, the report by House Democrats examining the pandemic says Trump officials sought vaccine approvals to sway voters before 2020 election. Oh, it was a political decision. All of a sudden, the political decision. Uh, Stephen Hahn right here. You see the, the, the frows of worry, the concern in this man's face. Uh, Trump administration pressured the Food and Drug Administration including former FDA commissioner Stephen Hahn to authorize unproven treatments for COVID-19 and the first COVID-19 vaccines on an accelerated timeline, according to the report released Wednesday by Democrats on the House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Crisis. Senior Trump administration officials fought for the reauthorization of hydroxychloroquine, a drug normally used to treat malaria and lupus, after the FDA revoked its emergency clearance of the drug because data showed it was ineffective against COVID-19 and could lead to potentially dangerous side effects, the report found. Democrats' investigation also documents potential influence from former White House officials regarding the FDA's decision to authorize convalescence plasma and White House attempts to block the FDA from collecting additional safety data on COVID-19 vaccines in order to get them to the public before the 2020 presidential election. Really? Your New York big labor Democrat was worried about an election. Shock, shock. This is my shock face. Oh, yeah, just terrible. Yeah, Justin says it right. Uh, funny how all of this stuff was great and grand until they could find a way to spin it as bad as Trump's fault. Exactly, exactly. Oh, then it comes back. Uh, share that link, please. I need to send YouTube a strongly worded letter. No shit. For all of us that got strikes on our YouTube channels, or if you go to my Spotify page, there's several of my episodes that say, oh, you know, learn everything that you can about coronavirus. Not to mention how many times people got banned on Twitter and Facebook for, quote, misleading the public. Uh, you can check out the, the Road to Serfdom on Twitter. His tweet is still getting retweeted to this day, saying, you know, it's not vaccines, their experimental gene therapy, their, you know, vaccine passports. That thing has been seen like millions of times. You can't see it. I got one the other day. Um, 
because I called it an experimental gene therapy. I was replying to John Cryer. That's right, Ducky from 16 Candles. They uh, put a little, one of those misleading things on me and you can't like it, you can't share it or anything like that. And I was like, it's like, no, you, you keep saying the word vaccines. It's experimental gene therapy. How do I know this? It's on their SEC filings to the government. And in Moderna's case, it's on page 19 of that filing where they call it a gene therapy because Moderna was started thanks to the CIA uh, for mRNA gene therapies. That's what they do. And they could never bring a product to market before this because yeah, they kind of suck and they have really unintended consequences and bad shit happens. Uh, Shmeghead coming in. I just woke up. Start over from the beginning. I am sorry. The show is 22 minutes in. <laughs> Good morning, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, Justin Campbell again. I what? Come back. There we go. Uh, they owe me at least six episodes back. Don't they all? They owe a lot of people. And you were producing for a lot of those uh, shows that got taken out. All right. So uh, back to the story here. Uh, the select subcommittee's findings that Trump White House uh, yeah, repeatedly sought to bend FDA scientific work on the coronavirus treatments and vaccines to the White House political will are yet another example of how prior administration prioritized politics over public health. House Majority Whip Jim Clyburn, Democrat, South Carolina, uh, who also chairs the subcommittee, said in a statement. Man, the levels of projection in that quote. The levels of projection in that quote just now. I almost got half a mind to go like research some other quotes that came from Clyburn's mouth during the, uh, the last two years of stupidity. These assaults on our nation's public health institutions undermine the nation's coronavirus response, he added. Uh, much of these pressure campaigns were reported in early 2020 by Politico and other outlets, and President Donald Trump publicly called out the FDA and its commissioner on multiple occasions, but the committee report offers new color through emails, text, and official testimony from Han about just how persistent some of these efforts inside the White House were th throughout the summer and fall of 2020. A substantial portion of the report focuses on Peter Navarro, a former trade advisor under Trump, who worked on the administration's coronavirus response. Navarro collaborate, collaborated frequently with Stephen Hatfield, an adjunct virology professor at George Washington University, who was one of Navarro's advisors and worked on the federal coronavirus response, pushing for hydroxychloroquine. According to the emails collected over the course of the subcommittee's investigation, Navarro and Hatfield rallied other White House officials to pressure Hahn to reinstate the emergency youth authorization for hydroxychloroquine after the agency revoked it in June 2020. See, that's kind of news to me. I didn't. I thought they had just like summarily dismissed it out of hand. I didn't even know that it even had emergency use authorization. But here we go. At one point, Hatfield characterized the disagreement between White House officials and the FDA as a forthcoming knife fight to an un unnamed outside ally over email. The report also found that Navarro tasked Hatfield with coming up with a presentation to get the FDA to reauthorize the drug. At one point, Hatfield wrote, 
to William O'Neill, a cardiologist at Henry Ford Health System in Detroit, and suggested conducting a prophylactic study of the medication in a correctional facility experiencing coronavirus outbreak. O'Neill dismissed the suggestion, saying there are all sorts of regulations about enrolling prisoners in randomized trials. Most IRBs and institutional review boards would never approve. I'm not licensed in Indiana. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time stuff got tested on inmates. I'll just leave it at that. And I'm pretty sure without review board approval. <laughs> Hatfield and Navarro sought to discredit other prominent health officials who spoke out against the use of hydroxychloroquine, including Anthony Fauci, the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. The two discussed plans to get the Department of Justice and Health and Human Services Department Inspector General to conduct an investigation into Fauci and his email use. Hetfield, according to the report, pushed for Fauci's removal through the fall, telling Navarro in September, you really need to consider what it is likely to happen over the next two months if this little idiot and his COVID treatment panel is not fired. Two weeks later, Hetfield wrote that there will be a house cleaning after the elections, a really good cleaning. I'm pressing X for doubt on that one. Because I was promised Hillary Clinton would be in jail, right? The house cleaning. He had two years to fire little Anthony Fauci, who, who resigned in disgrace. Oh, no, he, he didn't resign in disgrace today, did he? Yeah. I mean, the man has prayer candles behind him in his, in his scenes with his face on it. It's terrible. Terrible. Uh, let's see another one from Justin here. Oh yeah. They were using the fishbowl cleaner and the horse paste regularly with the FDA approval until it became apparent. The stuff actually worked. Then it got the X. Ex- yeah. 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 Funny. Uh, anecdotal evidence is still evidence, but yeah, a lot of people were using that stuff and, uh, it tended to work a little bit. So there you go. Uh, Hetfield also refuted the allegations in this report. Committee has squandered the taxpayers dollars in a failed attempt to discredit president Trump. Dr. Peter Navarro and our collective efforts to identify, produce, and distribute an efficacious, I hate that word, (laughs) outpatient treatment for COVID-19. And the story goes on. Amazing that I read this tweet today. I was like, as soon as I clicked on it, I was like, oh, oh, I'm just going to take a break from work real quick and I'm going to read this story. Could not believe what I was seeing. The stupid shit that they were threatening to fire people over, make it to where they can't travel anywhere over. You can't board a plane without it. You can't leave the country without it. You can't enter the country without it. And now that it's being shown that it's not effective, doesn't work, And the other drugs that they're coming out with don't work either. And it's actually giving people more COVID. Oh, it's it's, it's Trump's fault, obviously. It's amazing political pressure. In multiple instances, the subcommittee said it found evidence of senior Trump officials planning to take actions that could benefit the administration politically. Again, more projection. Officials tried to pressure the FDA into authorizing convalescent plasma around the time of the National Republican Convention. Uh, Emails reveal 
The proposed investigation into Fauci would take place around the time of 2020 presidential election in an attempt to sway voters in favor of Trump, the report says. The Trump administration also tried to pressure the FDA to authorize the first COVID-19 vaccines ahead of the presidential election. When Hahn testified to the subcommittee in January 2022, he said the White House officials said that they would not sign off on emergency use authorization language that required a 60-day safety follow-up for late-stage clinical trials. Ultimately, the FDA went ahead with a 60-day follow-up plan without an explicit blessing from the White House, though the White House later cleared it. Hatfield rejects the notion that his conduct was politically motivated. I am a doctor and called to serve my country in that capacity. Politics had nothing to do with our work to saving lives during COVID-19. Yeah, so that old canard. Oh, we're trying to do some good out here. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. <laughs> and their emails. The report also found evidence that Navarro and Hatfield had used private email server for federal communications. Department of Justice has sued Navarro to get him to turn over those emails sent from his personal email account related to presidential matters, first revealed by a separate report from the subcommittee. Where have we heard this information before? Where have we heard this information before that using a private email server was actually kind of bad, was not good? I almost have half a mind to go start searching through Politico to see where they landed on that about 2016 when we were talking about a certain State Department official with a private email server in her basement. Now it's bad. Just remember that. All of my White House records are digitally preserved pending the resolution of a civil suit filed by the National Archives, which increasingly appears to have been unlawfully weaponized by the Department of Justice against both me and President Trump, Navarro said. So this is kind of going on along with the, uh, the FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago. The second report in a series of investigations into the way Trump administration officials managed the coronavirus. The first found that the administration leaned heavily on the herd immunity theory around the virus. Spread to delay federal action, the committee is still investigating other aspects of the federal response to the pandemic. Wow. Yeah, so Justin, again, as long as you destroy it with hammers and bleach, you're all good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Blackberry is not safe around uh, old hill dog. Uh, Schmeckhead, Mr. Science himself. That's right. You know, because when they go against me, they're going against science because I am the science. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Two years of what we went through, and I read that today on Twitter. Jaw agape. I literally was reading the story like this. Shocked. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> uh, but I think I'm going to end it on this. Out of all of the bad shit that's going on in the world, uh, you know, we got Ukraine, Yemen. You know, we got troops losing their lives over in Syria, U.S. troops. You know, the ones that were that they lied and said that they had gotten out to Donald Trump. Out of all the bad shit that's going on in the world, my state, Louisiana, is uh, a little concerned whether or not they got the wrong fucking pelican on Louisiana state flag. 
Now, I want you to notice something. This is a white pelican feeding little white pelican babies, right? Is the wrong bird on the Louisiana state flag. The Louisiana state bird is the brown pelican. So why is the pelican on our flag white? According to the advocate.com, the colors for Louisiana state flag were chosen by Governor W.W. Hurd in 1912. So why is the pelican white? The answer, simply put, twofold white pelican looked better on a blue flag and a brown pelican did not become the state bird until 1966. Of all the stupid shit to be concerned with in this state, we got the wrong color <laughs> of bird on our state flag. That's right, Russ. That's, that, that's right, Justin. They did a racism. They did it so hard. It's supposed to be a brown bird on on that stupid flag. Uh, All right, guys. I think that's going to do it for this evening. I can't take any more if I read another thing where they're going to blame something on Trump. And then in this case, it was obviously his fault. Something you actually could have criticized him about. Uh, I have to wear a hat. I have to wear a hat. It's not going to keep my head from exploding, but it's going to keep all of the pieces right here. Anyways, guys, uh, check down below. I'm going to have all my show notes up there. You can uh, check out my coin tree and everything else. Uh, quick update on the book. I'm still waiting on the editor to get done with the, the first pass pass through. Uh, she actually sent me a whole bunch of messages saying that she actually enjoys the story and she's got some ideas for it. So, We'll see how that goes. Uh, But other than that, guys, thank you for uh, roasting the news with me. Justin, as always, thank you for showing up in the thing. Schmeghead, thank you for showing up. Uh, But until next time, that'll do it. And have yourself a great evening. Out.